0: episode 109 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christchurch for Christchurch. We're so glad to have you here with us uh, today as we talk to Pastor John about a recent trip that he took to Pasadena, California. Uh, last week he was invited to speak uh, to the graduating class of Providence Christian College in Pasadena, and uh, we're going to ask John about a few of the things that he decided to talk about. Uh, I would think that not having given a a graduating address, I wouldn't really know how to approach it. And I know that, that, John, this was your first time doing so. And so what what sort of uh, message
1: did you give to these graduating seniors? Yeah, thanks, Michael. And I'm I'm glad to be able to talk about this uh, as well, since one of our comrades here is a college professor and (laughs) has uh, spent a (laughs) tremendous amount of his life, uh, his (laughs) professional life, uh, around college students over the last ten years, uh, Dr. Gabriel Williams, and uh, so glad to have uh, you here, Gabe, to to discuss these things with us as well. It's good being here. Yeah, it was my first uh, college commencement uh, speech. I've done uh, high school commencement speeches, mm-hmm. and I've done uh, seminary commencement speeches, uh, but this was my first uh, college commencement, and so. Um, you know, you always accept these kinds of invitations with, uh, uh, you know, joy, and then you start thinking about, oh my goodness, what am I going to (laughs) say? And uh, I want to say the right thing. I want to encourage the students. I want to challenge the students. Well, after uh, a good bit of thought, I I emphasized three things to the students. And of course, I have a daughter going to college this year. And Mm -hmm. and so uh, these things have been on my mind, um, not least because of that, but also because we have a lot of young people in our Mm congregation that are in uh, high school, college, graduate school, uh, what is it that they uh, need to hear? Um, Well, my three points were live not by lies, Mm -hmm. live only by the truth, and live always with courage. And uh, what I thought uh, perhaps we could do is to uh, consider um, each of these points and discuss them. I think... Uh, It's just very important that our young people are grasping uh, these three points. And uh, the first one is live not by lies. Uh, And this is really a a shout out to uh, Rod Dreher's new book, who Mm -hmm. of course quotes Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the Mm -hmm. Russian dissident, uh, who stood against uh, communism and all of the propaganda of the Soviet regime. And uh, his, he was kicked out of the country, of course, after being imprisoned in a Russian gulag for, I think, eight years, nine mm-hmm. years. And before he left, he wrote an essay that became very famous called Live Not By Lies. And mm-hmm. he wrote it to mm-hmm. his countrymen, uh, basically to say that the government is lying to you. All of their propaganda are, is full of lies. Uh, you, you all know that. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing you don't have to believe those lies that's right you don't have to believe those lies you may not have uh, the courage all the time uh, or perhaps ever to stand up against those lies publicly Hmm. but his point was you don't have to believe them there will be those who will stand up publicly and speak out against them that won't be everybody but nobody has to believe those lies and so I i tried to encourage the students as it concerns what I called uh, the current cultural revolutions, plural. Yes. Uh, because there's more than one happening right now, uh, which is undoing our uh, moral order. Uh, it's it's undoing society and people's perceptions of reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, those two revolutions, of course, are the sexual revolution and uh, what many are calling the woke revolution or yeah. the social justice Revolution and it's it's all over the news. It's it's all over the uh, the radio. It's all over the internet. It's all over social media. It's bombarding us. And of course, as we want to cultivate a, a, a Christian worldview, um, we want to help people to think about uh, you know how to think Christianly about all of these what we see as new cultural lies. Uh, that are being blasted through our screens and our TVs and our phones, and our, our computers, through conversation uh, and, and our, our young people are being overwhelmed by this. And so that's the first thing, live not by lies. Now we've been talking a little bit about this uh, over the last few weeks on our podcast uh, concerning the social justice, critical race theory, mm-hmm. uh, underpinnings of the, the, the social justice or woke revolution. Uh, but uh, as we think about college students today and all that they're experiencing and all that they're they're hearing, even in the college classroom, yes. uh, right, and on college campuses, why is this message "live not by lies" so important to uh, to college students in our day?
2: Well, a, a couple of things I think comes to mind here, and much of this is just going to be my personal experience dealing with faculty, and so. I tell this to every incoming college student that it is not always the case that people go into academia for noble reasons. And that's kind of (laughs) obvious. But when you tell that to someone who is younger than you, it's something they probably haven't thought about in a lot of detail. So, for example, at most schools, you have what is called the general education requirements, your gen eds. And... Usually, at most colleges, the gen eds are their time to truly begin the indoctrination project. Mm -hmm. So what you do in a gen ed is that they more or less require you to take a series of courses unrelated to your desired field, unrelated to what you wanna do, but the gen eds are meant to, in a sense, uh, impose the culture of the college upon the students. So it's not surprising that when students come into their first semester courses, their gen ed courses, what they're immediately hit with is all of the identity politics that comes at you from social media. It's just in a highly concentrated form. The second thing is we now have a power struggle that happens often because it's one thing to, you know, talk or debate with someone online, those are anonymous people. It's another thing when it's a professor Mm -hmm. standing at us with a position of authority Mm -hmm who is gonna basically look down at upon you because of your backwards views. And he so, has the grade book. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and he has the ability to pass or fail you. And so at this point, this is when many students, uh, Christian or otherwise, this is where they begin their identity searchings in college. And so uh, my wife, uh, when she was in grad school, she had me read through some of what they called student development theory. And what and what that is, basically, it is a set of teachings on a set of ideas on how students more or less detach from their parents mind and basically own their own beliefs. So part of what that means inherently is that the job of the college is to, in a sense, get you to overthrow what was passed down to you by your parents. And that you wrestle with something new. So, that's why there's experimentation constantly happening (laughs) in college. Now, that is said direct and upfront by almost anyone who does student development theory. That the job of the college is to get you to question your parents' beliefs. Mm. And to get you to question what you were told or what was handed down to you. And in the context of the world we live in, what that effectively means is that if you came in with common sense views of reality. And you enter the college where everyone is functionally insane <laughs> in a lot <other> of ways. <laughs> the you know the thought is, you know, am I insane? Am I insane for believing common sense? And the pressure of college gets you to kind of think that way. And mm-hmm. thus you get all of the things that follow that you see in trance where students who were in the church at the end of high school By the end of their first year, they're basically either completely nominal or they're completely gone from the church. They're doing their searching and experimentation. And that is a direct uh, purpose of what most of the gen ed courses are for in college. And that is the direct purpose of how most of the student affairs part of college is about. It's getting you to kind of break free from those bonds and just figure it out yourself. That's true, what's coming in. So if you're coming into college, that's what you also have. But now, as you know, John, once you leave college, you're now entering to a new world of insanities that's happening to you. Because now corporate America is requiring insane views of people mm-hmm. who get jobs. And so you have to, in one sense, Guard upon the crazy faculty that happened in colleges, but now your boss may be someone who is the most woke person you've ever met in your life, and he more or less determines your salary.
1: Yeah, it used to be, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, that you would have your uh, kind of crazy professors that believed wild things and they would teach and the students would talk about it throw around the ideas you may have some of this in the philosophy department some in the English okay. department they're usually leaning pretty left in most universities but the woke revolution and the sexual revolution now have have flooded into every discipline Yes, sir. and as you say no longer are these ideas and we've discussed this before haven't we no longer are these radical ideas in the classroom with a radical professor here and there mm-hmm. now they become mainstreamed that's right mm. and so a student leaving the university where you know these things have have been traditionally are, are now entering the workforce where uh, they're going to have to adhere to wild rules like for instance and, and we talked about You know, live not by lies. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know the idea that you must call a man who thinks he's a woman Mm -hmm. by a female pronoun. Mm -hmm. So, so live not by lies means what? You don't enter into the lies and the fantasies of others. You speak truth. You live truth, and that's becoming harder and harder for Christians to do in the modern world because of these revolutions. This also
2: comes into view when you think about. Having to go through your first diversity training that happens when you get your first job. Everyone has to go through them. Uh, I went I've gone through at least 40s at this point, but everyone goes through them and they've gotten more and more radical as I've gotten older at this point. And so if you are a, a white young college student and you get your first job, the first thing that you will be told is that you need to deal with your unconscious bias. Mm-hmm. And you need to deal with the fact that you have inherent bias in you. You may not know it. You may not intend for it to be there, but it's there. You have to search yourself to find it. And you need to, you know, after going through that search and learn how that's going to affect how you treat other minorities around you. You're going to hear a lot of things that are more or less in some way or fashion trying to tell you that at the core of your nature as a white person is deep racial, not necessarily animus, but you're a natural racist. It's part of what mm-hmm. it means to be a white American It's just to be naturally racist. That is only part of your diversity training if you get a first job. And part of this live not by lies is to basically understand that, you know, they're spouting nonsense to you again, but it's intentional propaganda.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. So this, this is the call. The first is fundamental to every Christian believer who's graduating, going into the world, is that you must not believe the lies of the Mm -hmm. culture as a Christian believer, and you must not live by those lies either. That's right. That's right. We have a
0: God who speaks only truth, Mm -hmm. can only speak the truth. Uh, We have a spirit who leads us into the truth. And of course, our Savior Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth. Amen. And the life. And so that was your second point, John, right? That that we must live only in
1: truth. Yes. And, and many of these uh, students grew up in Christian homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were taught uh, the truth since uh, they were uh, children. And they grew up in Christian homes. They uh, learned their Bibles. They were taught that the Bible is the objective word of God. And uh, it's so important that as they go into the world that they recognize that they must always go back to the truth Uh, it's not something you just learn oh i already know all of that i've I've heard people say that over the years (laughs) uh i don't really need to spend much time reading my bible i've already read it yeah Yeah. i've i've read it or or i've read it several times i know what it says uh, the Bible is uh, food. It's our daily bread. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, Paul and Peter both say in their epistles, I have no trouble reminding you of these things. Right. We need reminding. Mm-hmm. We're, we are uh, constantly getting ourselves out of sorts and out of a spiritual frame because of our inward uh, remaining sin, our mm-hmm. selfishness, our pride, the, the, the seductive wooings of the world, mm-hmm. Satan, uh, all of his minions. You know, we have a... a we have enemies that are trying to undermine our, our spiritual lives, and as these young people go out in from uh, their college, which is somewhat of a safe place, right, a Christian mm-hmm. college, and they're going out into the world to postgraduate school, to graduate schools. Some will go on to postgraduate school, uh, others will go on to internships. Um, they'll they'll go into new jobs. They're going to be faced with some some challenges, mm-hmm. and where are they going to go? Uh, to be able to test these things that are being said to them. Where are they going to go mm-hmm. in order to have that guidance? Well, sure. they must go to the Word of God. Amen. And these days, uh, the challenge to the truth it, it, within uh, within our culture is not so much an attack on the Bible as the inerrant Word of God. Quite frankly, a lot of people don't care about that <laughs> uh, because they see you know everything as right. well. If that's good for you. That's fine. That's true for you. That's fine. The big thing is a sufficiency of truth for Christians. Yes. People, the Christian Many Christians are going to sociology uh, and to psychology and to modern day gurus on daytime television to try to figure out how they're going to be happy and mm-hmm. and, and and centered and balanced in their lives and using all this Eastern sort of mystical language and 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 so. A lot of times people say, well, yeah, I like the Bible. It's good. Yeah, I'll read it from time to time. But, you know, I got other things, too, that are going to mm-hmm. inform the way I live and think. But that's why I, I try to encourage the students, live only by the truth. Uh, may the Bible be the, the, the authority, not a, uh, not mm-hmm. unauthority, authority but the authority in your life. and May it be sufficient to be your guide for the Christian life
2: and this is an important point because we don't live in a culture in which the attacks upon the faith are say like in portions of north africa where a gun is held to your head uh, renounce christ to die that is not where we are as a culture but we are more at the sense in which the constant bombardment of these ideas is meant to wear you down Mm. and that's the idea so the picture i give students is Think about what happens when water hits a, think about going to the beach and you build a sandcastle. Think of water coming in and coming out. If you don't continue to rebuild and replenish your sandcastle, what happens? It erodes slowly and steadily. And eventually what you realize is that there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. And for many people, probably under the age of 21, That is what the college experience is like when Mm. you're not in a church. It's not so much that people are going to just directly come at you and make you written out your faith. They're going to constantly bombard you with a number of things that are contrary to the foundation that you learned. And what happens is that eventually those ideas become more plausible. They become more seductive to you. You're drawn away. So you're never just ripped away from it, but you drift away from your foundation. And that's why the, the uh, exhortation that you ought to live only by the truth matters, because if you don't have truth to combat lies, you should not be surprised when you begin to think the lies are plausible mm. and can actually meet needs, satisfy wants deal with matters in your present life so practical things and this is a challenge this is why when we talk about college students and this is what i was told when i went to college and this is what i tell every other person uh as soon as you get to college find a church find a good church immediately because the reality is that whatever lack of scheduling you do now as a 18 year old you're going to always have that problem it's going to get worse when you have children and a whole bunch of other things in life The same thing is true when you leave college. As soon as you leave college, you get your first job, you're working 65 hours a week just trying to make it. If you don't have something there, then it's not going to be surprising when the church and the scriptures and everything else about life and godliness gets pushed out to the side somewhere.
1: Yeah, because the world's not going to encourage you in your Christian life. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It will... It will discourage you, and so those daily disciplines, Mm -hmm. uh, those weekly uh, Sabbath observance and being committed to a local church, it's important for all uh, who are graduating and and beginning a new chapter of their lives who who are listening to this, uh, recognize how important it is for your Christian life, for for health, spiritual health in your Christian life, to spend time with the Lord every day, read his word, spend some time in prayer. It doesn't need to be long. Uh, Even if it's just 10, 15 minutes a day of of being still and knowing that He is God, that you are not God and that you need Him and you'll put on your spiritual armor. And then being committed to a local church, get connected with fellow believers and uh, be a part of a a, a Bible study perhaps midweek. Go to Lord's Day morning and evening worship. It's so vital uh, for your Christian life. Um, The third point Mm -hmm. in my commencement speech was uh, live always with courage so live not by lies live only by the truth and live always with courage and um i I think this is an important point because we live in a day where the majority are no longer on board with a biblical sexual ethic that's right Uh, the majority aren't aren't on board that it's living in a fantasy world and a lie Mm -hmm. to say that i'm a i'm a a woman trapped in a, a man's body or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we live in a world that, that no longer understands what a Christian family even is. Mm-hmm. And, and so if, if we are going to live as bright and shiny Christian cities set upon a hill, um, we're going to have to be courageous. That's right. Uh, we're going to have to stand, uh, against the lies and stand for the truth we're going to have to stand up and speak out, and that—that—that's not easy. And uh, thankfully, God doesn't accept us on how courageous we are, because we would mm-hmm. all fail. Mm-hmm. But there is a place for courage, and we see wonderful biblical characters uh, standing up and being strong and courageous. Yes. Uh, Moses encouraged Joshua to be strong and courageous. Joshua was strong and courageous, and he mm. encouraged his. Uh, people to be strong mm. and courageous. Uh, Esther stood in the gap for her people when yes. she was putting her life on the line. Uh, for, for such a time as this, she stood up and, and spoke up. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down to that's the right. uh, Nebuchadnezzar's mon- monstrosity. Uh, they, Even though everybody bowed, mm. they stood up. Uh, that, those are the kind of Christians that we need today. Those are the kind of graduates we need yes. today that are leaving the classroom, leaving the university setting, and going out into the world. That's what we need, and and I believe that's what God calls us to.
2: I love the passage and Daniel and the lions. Then it's a great, great example here because what we learned about Daniel before all the laws changed against them, he prayed at the same place, same time, all the, every single day at the open same the to open the yeah. windows out and. He was so consistent doing this that his enemies knew that this is the only way (laughs) they can find fault with him. And so when the law changed and he heard about it, he did not, you know, think about how the modern person would do it. Well, I'm still praying if I do it secretly (laughs) and hide it and things like that. Mm -hmm. No, that's not Daniel. Daniel says, I'm going to do what I've always done. Go point towards Jerusalem, pray, and God will preserve. God will preserve his uh, people and that's a wonderful picture of what the christian is in times of ease where you know society isn't hostile towards you or when it's difficult like it is today Hmm. where there are lots of reasons you can get out of letting your light shine before men lots of ways you can get out of doing that and what i tell all college students is that if people find out you're a christian they're going to be watching you And you should just be aware of that fact. And they may be watching you this because they're curious or they may be watching you to find out a way for you to slip. It doesn't matter. They are observing your behavior, just like the officials in Babylon observe Daniel's behavior. They're doing that to you. And the question is when it gets very difficult, what's going to be your response? Will you be like Daniel who says, you know, God has preserved me this far. I will continue pressing on in doing as uh, God has called us to do as his people. The other thing I like to say to students, and this is I, I tell them this bluntly and directly, particularly if you're going into college. So we always talk to our you know kids about bullying, and that's because there are always bullies that exist around you. You learn how to deal with bullies. You should not be surprised to find that professors are bullies, mm. and that's the reality. Mm. Professors know they have a certain power and a certain authority that they can exert over students, yeah. and yes. sometimes. And I've heard, you know, students tell me this directly. I've heard they've told me that faculty will say, you know, those of you who are Christians, my goal is to basically change your mind. My goal is to get you to disbelieve the scriptures and all these sort of mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. That's the way a bully would act. They basically know they have the position of power and they're going to exert it over you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is where courage comes in at this point because they are trying to get you to fold. And think of the example of Moses, Joshua, Daniel. Uh, you don't cower when adversity comes towards you. What do you do? You You're not brash and hostile. You just... Maintain your testimony. I'm Mm -hmm. not changing my mind just because you have the bully pulpit to talk to me about it. The same thing is true when you go out of college into the workplace. There are lots of positions in which your immediate boss will either be hostile towards the faith or just doesn't like you (laughs) personally. And, you know, my Mm -hmm. wife was in this situation when her jobs where her immediate supervisor believes Christians have had have had privilege too long, they need to be taken down a notch. Wow. So, way than she did to my wife. <clears throat> That's a time where you realize you can either bow and cower, or you can just say, like Daniel, I'm gonna do exactly what I've always done, yes. and God will preserve.
1: Yeah, it's so important to do that with love. Yes. Um, too often, Christians who think that they're making a stand, you know, make all their stands on, on Facebook and Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. And saying kind of sharp and harsh things. Um, that's not really what we're talking about here. Um, <laughs> yeah. there, there are times, of course, where you can speak out on social media in a way that's, that's, that's balanced and loving. But we're talking about living the Christian life mm-hmm. in a way that shows forth the fruit of the Spirit and where uh, we are bold enough to share the gospel with friends and neighbors and, uh, and to be committed to, to living Uh, not by lies, to living only by the truth, and living always with courage. That's right. And we
0: thank you for joining us and pray that you would be encouraged to live not by lies, to live in the truth, and to live with courage. Uh, And we um, hope that you join us again next time on Between the Times.